0: It's good to see you guys again this morning. It's good to see you online this morning. I'm glad we get to be together. I do want to reinforce what Kevin just said. We had a fantastic first worship night with our teens in January. I love that I get to be there. I do have two teenagers, but I love just being the pastor of this church when if you were com- would come and see those services... Like God is working in our teenagers, and I love that, that, that first Wednesday of the month right now, that we can come and worship and keep in chairs, and we have a time where God can just do a work in our teenagers' lives. So I hope, it, if you're a teenager in this room, I hope you'll come, but if you're a parent, I hope that you would make that a priority for your kids. Um, secondly is this, is we're in the middle of this set-free series, but I want to make sure you know about what's coming up. Uh, February the sixteenth. This is a book. I don't know if you've seen this yet. This is a book that we've we've written. Uh, I told you last year that we wrote the Becoming book, and those are still always available to you. Um, but we also wrote this Set Free to Live Free book, and we're going to walk through this together as a church, starting February the 16th, right here in the sanctuary, so we can spread out safely and and just what it's going to do. It's going to allow us to walk through kind of the things I'm teaching on Sunday morning, but maybe in a slower pace, maybe more conversational, get into things that I can't get into Sunday morning. And so if you want to be part of that, as you leave today, there's going to be in the main lobby on the right-hand side, a place for you to sign up, or you can sign up online at that ministry hub. I think it's the top tab. You can uh, click that and then just them, hey, we're going to tell us that you're going to be here on that Tuesday night. And a bunch of people have already signed up. It's going to be a great night starting February the 16th. So I hope you'll be part of that. Earlier this week, Jackson and I were driving back from a basketball game in Birmingham. Now, if you don't know who Jackson is, maybe you're new to, to One Hope. He's my 14-year-old, and I think Jackson is an insightful and wise kid. And I said, Jackson, I need your help for this next message for... Set free. I said, I need a story. I need an illustration. I need a way to begin this next conversation, this next teaching. And I just, I can't think of a way to express what we're going to walk into. He said, Okay, tell me about it. I said, So it's simply this the message for this week is about how we need to live a life of surrender. And, and I began to walk through what I was going to talk about, and I could see him thinking. I, I could just see his wheels turning, and so I just kind of paused and watched him. He says, Dad, I, I think it's pretty simple. Wouldn't you say what you're trying to say is kind of seen in me and you? Isn't it our relationship? Okay hit me with it. I want to know what you mean by this. He said, Dad, do you remember when I was young? And he paused, and he's like, well, now it's still true today. But do you remember when we argue? Yes, son, I do. Because Jackson and I, we're tight, but we're a little this sometimes, right? I said, yeah. He said, Dad, you would get, or still get, um, frustrated with me because when we would argue, I would just go again and again and again. I would just argue over and over and over, and I'm adding a few more overs than he actually added, because the truth is, it was over. And He said, I wouldn't want to give in. I said, you're not lying, son. Yeah, keep coming. He said, Dad, many of those times, many of those times we argued, I knew I was wrong, but I just didn't want to admit it. He said, just be totally honest, I didn't want to lose to you. It stinks when your son's just like you, right? He said, isn't that what you're talking about? Like, surrendering that moment, I didn't want to do it. And isn't that what you wanted to say? And I said, honestly, son, absolutely. Like, you're giving me a picture of what I'm trying to express that we are like. And so this week I want to continue this set free conversation with that mindset. I want to I want to continue this conversation of being set free in him so we can live free with him. I want to talk about that life of surrender. Now, let me tell you why I think this is the next conversation that needs to happen. See, in, in week one, I started telling you that I believe the truth of freedom in Christ is a central message all through Scripture in including the message of Jesus. And we talked about that elephant, didn't we? Would well, you remember the first week, we talked about that elephant, how in the circus, when they're a baby, they would strap a chain to its ankle and then attach that to a stake in the ground. And the elephant instinctively knows it's made for freedom, and so it fights. It fights to be free. But over time, it learns, even though it's powerful. I'm I'm sorry, when it's young, it learns that that chain is too strong for him. And so as it grows older, this begins to set a trend for his life. That every time a chain is put on its ankle, even though it's powerful, he feels like it's not worth the fight. That there's no use in fighting because that chain is stronger than me. You remember that conversation the first week? I think there are people in this room. I think there are people at home that are just like that elephant. There's something inside of us that knows we're created to be free, yet because of our life experiences, all we feel are those chains that are attached to us. And so you're left wanting for more, but not sure how to be set free free from those things that just seem to be holding on. I think we're like those elephants. And so the first week, start talking about uh, having a freedom mindset, didn't I? Talk about that freedom mindset, understanding that if we're going to walk in freedom, we have some choices to be made. Understanding that, once again, Jesus came to set us free in him so we could live free with him. But if we don't buy into the mission of Jesus, we don't get to experience the work of Jesus. You know that? If we don't buy into the mission of Jesus, we don't get to experience the work of Jesus. So Jesus was offering us two ways to live. You remember in Matthew, it was two, two gates and two roads, and one gate left to, uh, led to destruction, and one led to life, but we have to choose. There is freedom, but we have to choose the way of Jesus if we're going to experience the freedom. That was week one. And then we walked into week two, and, 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 and as we begin to walk down that journey, we go through the gates, we choose that narrow gate, and there's freedom there. We're going to run into some decisions in life that we're going to have to make, choices that we're going to have to make if we're going to walk in the freedom. And one of those battles and the choices we're going to have to make is directly connected to our identity, that this is going to be a battle. How do we find out who we are? Because remember, the enemy's trying to destroy us, to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and identity may be at the top of the list of our enemy. Who are we? Now God makes it clear in scripture. I read Genesis 1.27 that day. It was, we're created in the image of God. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter the money, the status. It doesn't matter man or woman. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what relationships you have. It doesn't matter any of those. Those superficial things of this earth. We're created in the image of God. This is our identity. And this is how everything began. But sin messed that up and sin is still messing it up. Sin is still messing it up. But God is still pursuing us to restore us back to who he's created to be. That the enemy wants to distract us, but God's trying to restore us. But if we're found in him, we will experience a freedom that only he can give. That's where we went. And then the next week after that, we talked about words. Last week, we talked about words, and I've heard some feedback from that one, that how real that is in people's lives. Because we've all experienced the words, as in Proverbs, where it said, words that brought life and words that brought death. We've all experienced this. We all have our stories, of the effects of words in our lives. And sometimes the freedom or the lack thereof can be simply pointed back to Words that have been spoken into our lives by the wrong voices. We give influence to voices that were never intended to have influence in our lives. So Jesus tries to push back. He tried to push back, and he's telling us, if you'll just spend time with me, if you'll build your relationship with me, if you spend more time just in prayer with me, you spend time worshiping me, you spend time digging into Scripture with me, this is what's going to happen. You're going to learn my voice, and then you're going to learn which words to listen to because my voice will become the most influential voice in your life. And when we do this, we will know that the words from God always bring life. From the beginning of time, God spoke life into this world and he's still speaking life into it today. Those are the words that bring freedom every day. We need to learn that voice. So that's where we've been, and what brings me back to today, and it brings me back to the conversation I had with Jackson about the life of surrender. See, aren't we all versions of Jackson sometimes in life? Aren't we all Jackson many times in life? He's able to admit it to his dad. Maybe you can admit it to yourself. God brings a truth into our lives. God is trying to bring something, maybe correction, maybe a new thought, trying to bring something into our lives, but we don't want to surrender to it. See, I can talk about a freedom mindset. I can talk about where we find our identity. I can talk about which voice we need to listen to for the words in our lives. But bringing it up, talking about it, is not good enough if we're not willing to surrender to it. To surrender ourselves to God so he can do something that only God can do in our lives. See, in order to experience all that Jesus came and to have for us, we need to be in place where we're willing to surrender to what He is wanting to speak and change in us. The problem is this. When we surrender, it feels a lot like we're admitting the loss. And no one wants to be a loser. This is what Jackson's saying to his dad. Dad, I know you're right. I just don't want to admit that I lost to you. Dad, I know you're right. I have no interest in surrendering to you. Jackson's not a bad kid. He's just a human. He's just a picture for us. Aren't we all Jacksons a lot in life? See, we live in a world that glorifies winning. And so losing doesn't hold any place in a desire in our lives. No one looks up to a loser. There's no gratification in losing. There's no honor in losing. Not in our world. We are trained to never accept defeat. Every day you wake up, never accept defeat. Don't let someone get ahead of you. Don't be told you're wrong. My truth is my truth. How dare someone really correct, bring accountability. This is what we're living in right now. And because of this, I think what happens is we potentially miss out on a Jesus-centered freedom. Because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. But what I'm asking this morning is maybe that we own something that the world will never understand outside of Jesus. And it's this. That surrender is the vehicle that takes us to freedom. Surrender is the vehicle that takes us to our destination that we want. We just don't want to ride that vehicle, do we? i want to get there but not the way you want me to get there because i know an aspiration for all of us is we want freedom there's inside of us once again that's why i bring that elephant up it's like inside of us we're made knowing we're to be free and then jesus comes he's like i'll tell you how to get there but the vehicle that takes us to freedom is not one that we want to take And I think Jesus talks about this specifically when he goes to John chapter 12. We go to John chapter 12, verse 20 today. It says this, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. So Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Let me explain what's going on here. Maybe you've heard this before. But Jesus is becoming pretty well known. He's kind of of causing a little stir in that area. He knows his final days are coming, because in these final days, some are going to love him and praise him, and some are going to want to kill him. He knows what's coming. You even see in this passage, people are coming to see what's their motive. Typically not great. And so Jesus has to get some of these final messages out to his people. And this is a major one. With the analogy of the kernel and the wheat, Jesus is talking about himself. He's giving a prophetic word about him. He is going to surrender himself. He is going to lose his life in order for bigger things to happen. Because he understands something really important about his life. On the other side of his death, is life for humanity. He knows this. On the other side of his death is life for humanity. But then, look at it, he quickly turns the message. He quickly turns the message. And he tells them, I want you to follow my example. To call yourself a follower of me You need to do what I'm doing. You need to die as well. You need to live a life that looks a lot like losing. Now this doesn't sound great. No one wants to get the message from the one they're following to say, Hey, I'm dying You're going to have to follow my example. But in this, Jesus helps them understand something. If you're willing to do this, you will find something greater on the other side. If you're willing to do this, something great is waiting for you. We are told every single day to surrender is to lose. But Jesus is trying to help his followers understand. To lose today lets you get the big win for tomorrow. It makes no sense. And this really doesn't work a lot of times at your workplace. It doesn't work very well in a world culture system, but in Jesus He came to set us free from everything that we're living in here. Freedom is experienced in our lives when we surrender our lives just like Jesus did. Or maybe this is how we can think about it. A life of surrender today equals a life of freedom tomorrow. Do you ever think of life this way? Do you ever allow yourself to think of this life from this vantage point? Do you ever filter your decisions in this way? Do you want me to be quiet about this kind of lifestyle? Because this is tough. Because I believe this to the depths of my soul, but it doesn't make it easy to embrace, to live out. A surrendered life today equals a life of freedom tomorrow. This can sometimes be confusing. What does a surrendered life really look like? So I prayed this week. I said, God, I know this is a truth I want my people to hear, but how do I talk about this? What are you really looking from me, from us, in a surrendered life, and this is, I feel, the answer that I got. I want to break down a surrendered life. I think Jesus is asking us to surrender what I'm holding on to from the past, what I want for today, and what I'm planning for tomorrow. I think what Jesus is asking us to is this, is what he's trying to tell us is that this new free life is experienced when we are willing to surrender our yesterday, to surrender our today, and to surrender our tomorrow. Let's talk about this. Jesus asked us to surrender what I'm holding on to from the past. Listen, in order to experience the freedom God is trying to give us through Jesus, Hear me. We have to let go of our past mistakes and decisions that we have made that we know were wrong. What I'm saying is, we have to forgive ourselves. How many of you today, and I'm not going to ask you to admit online or in this room, but how many of you would admit today you can't experience the freedom in Jesus because you can't even experience freedom in yourself? You are still convicting yourself from past sins that God has already forgiven you for. God's forgiving you, but you haven't been living inside the forgiveness You haven't forgiven yourself, and because of that, you still carry this weight of guilt everywhere that you go. You can't talk about freedom because you've built for yourself a prison that you think you still deserve. Can I let you sit in that for a second? Talking about freedom. But you've still built a prison for yourself that you think you deserve because what you've done in the past... Man, I've got a lot of shame with that. I've got a lot of guilt with that. Why did I do that? Now, I know there are plenty of people, maybe everybody in this room and maybe online, have heard the message of Jesus. And many of you asked Jesus to forgive you for your sins, but you still haven't forgiven yourself. And so maybe today, the first surrender that you have to move in is surrendering that guilt and don't let it control you anymore. First John 1 9 says this. You've probably heard this before. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us us from all unrighteousness this is the word of god to us so my question is if god isn't holding onto your past why are you why can't you live in the freedom that jesus is trying to give you by holding on to something he no longer is but maybe that's not your story Maybe you have figured out how to uh, forgive yourself and your area of holding on to from the past are sins that were done against you. The ones that have really affected you, and this is a hard one. This one gets to some deep parts of us, but maybe you aren't experiencing the freedom you're supposed to in Jesus because you're still holding on to past things that others did against you, and I get it, and I know why we do it. But can I also remind you, when we hold on to these past experiences, we're doubling down on the hurt. We're doubling down on the infraction against us. Because it hurt you back then, and it's still hurting you today. It did damage back then, and it's still doing damage today. Maybe part of experiencing freedom in Jesus... Is you're gonna to have to ask him to help you forgive so you can begin the healing process. Maybe this is gonna be your surrender. See, if we surrender our past experiences to Jesus, I believe he can move us on to a healthier and a more healed version of who he's created us to be. Maybe the freedom you need in him today is freedom from what happened to you because of others in the past. So I've asked the Holy Spirit, I, I, I literally pray this prayer, God, will you be gentle and will you be loving to those who hear this today so that we can be open to potentially dealing with those past sins that have been done to us? Will you be gentle and loving to us today to uncover those things that we have tucked away, that have no desire in dealing with, but they're still hurting us? They're still keeping us in the bondage that Jesus is trying to pull us out of. I believe Jesus is calling us to surrender the past things that we're holding on to, just like he told Peter in Matthew 18. Here's how Peter asked the question about forgiveness. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? So maybe you need to put a name in where it says brother or sister. How many times shall I forgive who sinned against me? How many times should I forgive people? Up to seven times? I think Jesus is like, no, not, not seven times, but 77 times if you want to live in the freedom that I've come to give you. Not seven times, but 77 times. You want freedom? You live like Jesus lives. Forgive and begin the healing process which leads to freedom in our everyday life. Hear me. We want the freedom, we just don't like the vehicle that gets us there. I think surrendering and forgiveness to ourselves and forgiveness of others is the vehicle we may need to jump on and take a ride to for freedom. But that's not it. See, surrendering our yesterday is so important, but what about today? Today? You begin to work through those things. You begin to talk to yourself. You begin to talk to God. It begins to heal you. It begins to walk down. But what about today? What about today? See, I think our yesterday is important, but I think God wants us to surrender our wants for today. Galatians 5. Galatians five thirteen says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Great message. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Okay. Verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. And can I just add to Scripture for a second? Just put today at the end. Okay. So that you do not do whatever you want today. I want you to live in freedom. But that doesn't mean that you use that freedom to indulge everything you want for today. Because the flesh and the spirit are are, are contrary to each other. They're, They're fighting each other. I want this, but the spirit wants this. I think to experience the freedom in Jesus that he has for us, we need to be willing to say, I have desires in my life that contradict what god wants for me i'm selfish anybody join me in that just bold truth i'm selfish i have unhealthy addictions i have unhealthy habits I have a desire for, today, for things today that I know that will hurt my relationship with Jesus tomorrow. This is the truth about us. See, I think we all have go-to things in life that we want to escape to. You know, we want to escape because of pressures and because of anxieties, because of disappointments, because of angers, because of the, the realities of life. So we go to unhealthy habits. We go to unhealthy addictions. Like just to be honest, we we have food addictions that we go to. We have sexual addictions that people go to. We have TV, media watching addictions that people go to. We have relationship addictions that we go to. We have unhealthy things in our life that we go to to escape reality. I I go to those in my today when Jesus, I think, is is like, I want to free you. I want to free you from those temporary things with something that sustains you no matter what you're going to. I want to free you from those wants that really don't help. Uh, They're just an escape. They're just selfishness. They're just fleshly desires for today. But they're not good for you. He doesn't want us to escape to that. He wants to bring a freedom that aligns with what he wants for us. So to live in the freedom Jesus has for us, maybe there's a surrender of something today a want you have for today, a thing you run to today that has got you in a chain that doesn't allow you to live in freedom? Instead of going back to that, which gives you more bondage, what if we went to Jesus and said, I'll give you something that really sustains you? You won't have to escape life. You can go to what I have for you in life, to battle life, to stay in reality because I'm your reality. And if you stay in me, we are, we're good. You don't have to run to these things. We have wants for today that need to be surrendered so we don't use that freedom to indulge ourselves. But we'll walk in step with the Spirit for everything that God has for us. Maybe there's a surrender there for you. Then the last thing. Jesus asks us to surrender what I'm planning for tomorrow. Proverbs 16, 9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You ever read that one? We can make our plans. Sometimes sometimes I think God says, Scott, you can make your plans, but I'm the one that's going to determine the steps. Why do we want to control our tomorrow? We want to make sure everything is going to work out okay, don't we? So we make plans. We try to set up our future in a way we know that everything is gonna, we're going to have everything that we need. But don't you ever get tired of that weight? Tired of the weight of planning, the worrying about the future. Everywhere we look, everywhere around us, is trying to make, people are trying to make decisions to make sure life is going to be good enough. That tomorrow is going to work out. But does this sound like freedom? Does this look like freedom? When we're spending all of our energy today thinking about tomorrow, how much freedom is in that? I know I battle with this one. The temptation to control, the temptation to always be thinking about long-term, to strategize, like, I battle with this one. And I'm not actually saying that you don't do any of this. There are some healthy parts of being wise about the future. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is when Jesus says lose our lives like he did, we give up control of our tomorrow to trust that he will provide what's needed. I think one of the many things that Jesus is trying to free us from is our broken selves that always wants to control what's next. Once again, don't raise hands, don't put anything in the feed, any control freaks. With us today. Anybody right now thinking about what you have to do to make sure tomorrow's good and you have what's needed? You're thinking about next week. Like you're thinking about the, you're spending your days controlling tomorrow. Like, but hear me, like there is some wisdom in this, but I, I'm talking about healthy control. When we lose our lives, our lives are no longer our own. We don't have to make the plans because God is the one who's setting the course of our lives and he will provide what is needed. Can we look at a healthy balance with that? Being wise with our future. I'm not talking about being lazy and just sitting around. Being wise with our future but giving up control. Jesus came to set us free in him so we could live free with him my problem is and i think many of you listening maybe your problem is i don't let jesus do what he came to do in my life and i need to let go do you know what my problem is not everybody at once (laughs) pastor should never say that right (laughs) do you know what my problem is Deep down, I'm arrogant. I think I know what tomorrow should be more than God does. I'm arrogant. I'm prideful. I think I can make a better tomorrow for myself than God can make for me. So I'm not surrendering my plans for tomorrow. I'm making plans for tomorrow. Hear me out on this, because some people are just going to reject this completely because, like, i got to do something. If I'm not doing something, then there's wise planning, and then there's control. What do you need to let go of today? What surrender do you have to live in today? See, when I surrender what I'm holding on to in the past, I think He heals me. When I surrender what I want for today, I believe He sustains me. When I surrender what I'm planning for tomorrow, I believe He provides for me. And so my question comes back again. What do you need to surrender What do you have to surrender today to say to Jesus, I'm completely yours, and I'm going to live in the freedom that you came to give me. I'm willing to surrender it all. My my life is yours. Listen, my yesterday is yours. No matter what happened. The mistakes I have made, or the mistakes other people, sins other people have done, I'm yours. My today is yours. I'll give up those fleshly desires of wanting things that contradict what you want for me. I am yours today. And my tomorrow is yours. God, give me wisdom how to walk in tomorrow, but help me not to control that. God, help me walk in wisdom of where I'm going, but help me not to control it where the tomorrow is mine, not yours. See, I'd love for us to get to a place where we say, I am yours forever, for always, all of it. Surrender is the vehicle we need to take to freedom. But are you willing to get on board? Are you willing to jump in In a second, there's going to be a video and we're going to end in worship and I really want you to contemplate this. Before you leave here, is there something that God just like, I'm going to hit you hard with something because you've been holding on to something way too long. And whatever you're holding on to is the chain that's attaching you to the stake versus living in the freedom that I'm trying to give you. And so before you leave today, will you ask for forgiveness and will you accept the freedom he's trying to give will you stop being Jackson I love my son but when he argues with me I want to throw punch him I don't DHR I don't right (laughs) but I've got to stop being Jackson and arguing with God when he's trying to say I know the right answer Surrender to me. Lose to me. Lose your life in me. Then you'll be set free. And then you can live free. Heavenly Father, help us today. Heavenly Father, help us today to be open to anything you want us to surrender. So God, that we are yours completely. Where yours, our yesterday is yours, our today is yours, and our tomorrow is yours. We hold nothing back. God, help us to lose our life. Because on the other side of losing our life is a life we've never experienced. And I believe that's the freedom you sent Jesus to give us. But God, it has to be more than just talking about it. Help us to surrender it. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.